welcome to the Knock On, Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. In this episode, I talk to Tuller Rugby Club member Johnny Tobin. We've a chat about a number of things, including developments at the club, their new 4G pitch, two new grass pitches and development on the car park. We talk about their underage touch rugby at the club and the numbers getting involved there. The men's and women's team, how they're shaping up for next season. Players coming through and those involved with Leinster underage teams. Charlie Ward in Connacht, Carlo's representation in pro rugby and lots more. Not too bad, Stephen, and yourself? That's sure I'm all right. We caught up with a colleague of yours, I suppose, uh, in Kilkenny last week, James Blanchfield. He was speaking highly of yeah. you. Um, you know, of course, Johnny Tullo, like Kilkenny and Carlo, in this neck of the woods, pretty much affected the same um, when it came to COVID and everything like that. Um, but you kept yourselves busy out in Tullo, uh, you know, games or no games. And there's been plenty going on out in the club and watching your social media accounts. And I suppose we'll start with some of the work that's been going on at the club. Um, you're off redeveloping your pitches out there. Um, look absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, they put in a 4G pitch and um, they turned the two top or the top pitch to make two more pitches. So... Um, COVID has actually been a blessing in disguise for Tuller Rugby Club because it gave us time to get this project done and done right, I suppose, with no traffic coming in or no cars, no kids. We've got to do the car park as well as the pitches um, and stuff like that. So there's been a big project going on out there and it's been very, very busy. And it's great to see it. It's looking lovely now at the moment. So, um, Yeah, like you said, you have no one in bothering you, so to speak. Not that you mind people out there at all. Um, no. was, was all this in the pipeline before COVID, Johnny, or was it just accelerated a bit because you had a bit of time? No, it, it was in it. I suppose they've been talking about it for the last couple of years, but everyone talks about it, you know, and then I think um, a couple of men grabbed the bull by the horns, as they say, and just drove it on, you know. Um, you can't really talk about the 4G pitch and not give a notable mention to Ger O'Brien, who... Unfortunately, lost his life through COVID, but um, it Joe was a major part in that pitch, you know, and he drove it on. So it's it's great to see it there, and it'll always be a memory of Joe that he drove that thing on, you know. And the pitch has been it's been an idea, I suppose, for three to four years. And like I said, himself and and no one, no one and a few others got in and just put the shoulder to the wheel and pushed it on, you know. It looks spectacular, I have to say. Um, looks really, really well. And because it's 4G, like you say, um, you know, there won't be muck and slop coming off it uh, no. in, the, in the depths of winter after a J1 match against whoever, um, which is a benefit, obviously, as well. And uh, saves a few bob and lawnmowers as well, I'd imagine. It does, yeah, it does, yeah. But uh, it's great when you go to train and now that we're back for... We were back for a couple of weeks there, and even when it's raining and you're not getting dirty, you're coming off as clean as you went on. You might give Blanchfield a call there and see will he come out of retirement for an old J2 game on it, <laughs> see how he feels about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, how does it feel, Johnny, to yourself anyway? Because you're coaching out in Rotolo there at the moment. How does it feel to play on? What's the feedback like from the lads that play and train on it? Oh, sure, the young lads love it. Like anyone that's tell you that's coaching young lads now, all they want to do is go to Donnybrook. They want to go to Donnybrook to play in Donnybrook. They want to play on the Astro. That's all they want to do. So right. they don't have to travel too far now. They have one seven days a week now if they wanted, you know. So it's great. Like everyone loves it. And it's a, it's a fantastic thing. And it's a great achievement for the club to have it. It's the first Southeast club to have a 4G pitch, you know. So it's good. Absolutely. And the plans for it going forward, is that your main pitch now? And you've got two grass pitches then up the side. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be as pushed forward as the main pitch, yeah. Um, 
and then we'll have a full size pitch just to the right of it and then one a slightly bit smaller up to the top but we may do what we have so we've three pitches now and it's something we we well needed as you know yourself from going out there Sundays there can be minis out there there can be ladies and J1s and J2s and it's it's very hard to get space for two pitches so it's well needed Absolutely, and you've managed to find uh, space off the car park up at the back of the old main pitch, I presume, um, and you made more space for parking as well, which is fantastic use of the space out there too. Oh yeah, there's lots of space out there now for parking, yeah. There's a lot of planning went into it, and they've really done a, a fantastic job. You know, it's laid out very, very well, and it, it looks the part, so that's the main thing. I'd say you miss going out for a, a pint out there, um, especially over the last <laughs> year or two. Yeah, it's it's a great old place to meet up with people, of course, Tuller Rugby Club and, uh, um, you know, plenty of Sean O'Brien memorabilia and bits and pieces on the wall, jerseys and all that. But it's it's always good old atmosphere out there as well when after a match or whenever. Yeah, Sunday's great old crack. You love going in the door, turning right and heading for BS Corner up to Tommy Dwyer and Daddy Cass <laughs> and Johnny Fitz and a few of the others and listen to a few lies and tell a few lies and it's great whole crack of a Sunday evening, yeah. It's all part of it. Um, Johnny, how yeah, did it's all ever, part of it. Absolutely. How did everyone cope during lockdown um, and the club itself? Because it's the same as anywhere. There would have been financial hits. Um, you know, the players all had to stop in their tracks. Um, you know, whatever lads you were developing at the time and all that stuff, it all sort of goes out the window and you nearly have to start again from scratch. Kilkenny found themselves yeah, doing that. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a gas one. We're actually not too bad um, development-wise. We have a couple of guys down in Southeast and stuff and, and they're, they're training away and they've been giving programmes from the Southeast to keep going. And a lot of the youth coaches in Tullow gave uh, programmes out during COVID for teams to do and stuff to keep interested. And I know Morris just gave the lads a well-needed break from the seniors. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're... In a, I, heard, I listened to James now. I know he said we're struggling, but they are kind of a club that are rebuilding again from maybe massive success a number of years ago to going down to a slump for a while and trying to get back up but we're on a high at the moment the club has been going well the last number of years the AstroTurf pitch is in so interest is high so it's, we're not in the same position as Kilkenny fortunately for us but um, it's not too bad actually do you know Absolutely and how are you in terms of players the, obviously like you were saying you were allowed to come back and train for a few weeks then you actually by law I think you have to take by the rules you have to take your summer break and then go back to pre-season and how is with players yeah. coming back and everything like that it's a strange one. You're going back for four weeks and then you're told you have to finish again. You yeah. might as well have stayed at home. But it, it was great to get back out and, and, and see the lads, I suppose, again and have young lads out mixing with each other, you know. And It's just some sort of normality. But, yeah, numbers were good. All youth teams had nearly full capacity of what they would have had before COVID and prior to the pandemic at all. Like So it was it was good, you know. And it's it speaks volumes for the coaches, I suppose, that the kids are interested to come back even yeah. after such a long break, you know. That's it. And that's one thing you'd be worried about out there, that the momentum would be gone. You'd lose numbers and, you know, you feel like you're really yeah. gone down a few rungs of the ladder, so to speak. Well, it is a worry because guys are sitting at home for 12 to 14 months and then the phone beeps, oh, rugby trending is back and you're there going, oh, do I really want to do this? Do I, do I want to go back to this? You've got but, fi- 15 it, it, props sitting at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's gas. Yeah, but... um. No, look, at the young lads have been very good now and they're, they're very obliging to everything, like COVID protocols and everything. They're all, there's never been an issue, you know. Everyone comes in, sanitised, trains, sanitised after, does what they're meant to do when they're there. So it's it's, it's great, like, you know, we um, we started the touch tournament 
uh, two weeks ago out there with um, with all the youth teams. So from under 13s right through to under 16s. Um, and that's been very good. We run that on a Saturday for the last two weeks and we've two more weeks left of it. And we've 87 to, to 92 or three kids registered and playing that every Saturday. So um, that's, that's keeping them interested, I suppose. And then that's finished now on the 26th. So we'll take July off and then we're back in August for, what would you call it, a pre-season point two or something maybe, yeah. 2020. Um, and do, you have, do you have any of the Leinster summer camps uh, on out there Johnny yeah the Leinster summer camp will be back there um, I'm actually not sure the date I think it's in the middle of July generally around the same time yeah. but uh, it's, it's due to be back and it's actually sold out in the club so it's it's good to see but interest is high in rugby at the minute and, and like everything the pitch is new so everyone wants to be interested and everyone wants to be out to see and yeah. young lads want to go play on it so it made the club right the success of it like you know absolutely um, and uh, yeah so the next for you you get back and do pre-season and then it's South East League usually is it or um, James was talking last week about a possible sort of pre-season cup competition yeah or there's something. a new cup yeah we're actually who are we do to play we do to play Monkstown in that I think I think I think we're home I'm not, I'm not 100% sure but I think our first game is at home in it That'll be good because yeah. I know the like James was saying, the Southeast hasn't been really anything to be worried about lately over the last maybe five, six years. No one's really put much effort into it. So I suppose now with COVID and stuff, everyone will want to play for it, you know. And then with the opportunity of getting into the uh, All Ireland Junior Cup out of it, it's a uh, it's a big incentive to put your best team forward for it, you know. Surely is. That's a major carrot and stick for clubs now. Mm. But that's sort of the stuff that you need as well. You know, that just drives that interest forward as well. It'd be huge mm. getting into a, a cup competition like that. Oh, it'd be massive for, an, for any junior club. Never mind us, for, for any junior club, any club at all, it'd be extremely, um, it'd be brilliant, like to be some honour, like for a small little club to be added in from just winning your area league, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so South East League then then back into Leinster League of course and then your uh, typical season then with your Towns Cup coming after that um, with lads mad to get back into the Leinster League I'd say Jeannie Mac you know a whole season of it missed and a bit more um, it's a long long time without regular rugby oh it is it, it, it's gas but sometimes these things can be good sometimes can be bad so we have to look at the positive of it a lot of our lads who maybe carrying knocks got them right you know things like that. You look at all the positives too. But I know from talking to Morris that he's he's looking forward to the month off in Ju- uh, from now till the middle of July, end of July sort of thing. And then he's all steam ahead. Then for I'd imagine we're going to be chasing some sort of promotion. Maybe I don't want to jinx the lads or talk out with turn, but I'd say <laughs> moving up the league will be would be main priority. You know, and worry about cup them and cup arrives like. Yeah, absolutely. And Tulla had a great momentum over the last number of years. You know, a couple of Towns Cup finals appearances, Towns Cup in the bag as well. We were working that day, of course, for the radio. That's right, um, yeah. Yeah, great day. Um, yeah, so Tulla have always been sort of, you know, what would you call it, knocking on that door for quite a while and consistently knocking on that door as well. So mm. in a good place, Johnny, and decent players and decent young lads coming through out there as well. Yeah, it's been a building process, I suppose, since Morris started maybe five years ago. It's been all a building process, you know, to get up to where it needs to be. Um, what's really positive is there's lots of good young lads who could potentially move forward to Dublin and move forward and play for the Lansdowns, the Clontarfs, but they're 
they're staying down home and they're playing down home. Um, so it's good. Um, look at the, the team itself. The senior team is relatively young enough. There's not too many, not too many lads pushing on. Maybe Louis Kilkine will be the closest lads at the age of retirement. He'll tell you he's another couple of years left in him, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> Confidence but, is a great thing, isn't it? <laughs> and Louis has it in abundance. <laughs> That's it. But um, yeah, like the, the club's in a good place player-wise, definitely, you know. Um, lots of good, talented young lads, um, all hard workers, and all they want to do is play first-team rugby and play on that new Astro pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of uh, lads being picked up from a Leinster point of view, I know a lot of that stuff has been sort of paused of late and that, but what do you like in terms of lads, you know, getting onto the underage uh, yeah, not Lens too bad at the moment. Yeah. Um, Connor Duffy and Jack Handlam were in the 19th set up there for a while. Um, both actually got released to go back for a few things to work on, I suppose, mm-hmm. throughout the summer and maybe get a recall. But Connor had been Leinster 18's captain the year previous, so um, he's there. There's Adam Johnson, Adam Day, and James Whelan are all playing Leinster 18's at the moment, so or tri- trialing for Leinster 18's rather. Um, and then we have. Uh, I think there's five guys down with the under 16 southeast, um, and there's seven guys down with the under 15 southeast. They're great, and they're all going through their trial and process at yeah. the moment. So, not doing too bad. And then Dan O'Brien made the Leinster 18s girls squad. So, representation there from from all codes, I suppose. You know. Yeah, and that's that's good numbers, Johnny, for, for lads. You know, mm. knocking on that door as well, um, and. Uh, no, great stuff. And come here, tell me what Charlie Ward is up to these days. He's gone over to Connacht, as far as I know. Yeah, Charlie he's gone was... to the West. He reckons it's sunnier over there. <laughs> it's, um, no, Charlie's fine. He was actually in the club with me on Friday night, coaching the seven lads who were going down for their first trial on Monday. He came out to do a bit with them, just to talk them through the, the trials of it and what's what to do and what to look for and what to, where to work hard and where to avoid getting into messes and stuff like so. He's actually going out this Friday again to do it with them. Um, but so Charlie's in a sub-academy contract uh, in Connacht at the moment. All right. And I suppose Dennis Buckley getting injured has kind of fallen into a bit of Charlie's look that he might potentially could feature with first team um, before Christmas or this definitely this side of Christmas, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's so, your opportunity. Um, yeah, massive, yeah. And, and still very young. Like Charlie's only 21. All so, right. Yeah, still, still very, very young. Like, yeah. um, so he's trained away over there. He loves it. He seems to enjoy it. He's over there. There's Sir Thomas Daly is over there as well, and um, they're 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 getting on well. Both went through the same system at Southeast and stuff like that as well. So they're coming from the one route. Um, but Charlie's enjoying it. He 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 seems to be learning a, a good bit more, and he's definitely grown as a as a player because I've noticed from coaching him in Tullo to talking to him last Friday night. His knowledge has definitely moved massive amounts up, like you know. Yeah. Um. So he's he's getting on well. So please God, he he features. Um. Hopefully not against Leinster, but he might feature uh, in a <laughs> pro pro sixteen game before Christmas. Absolutely. Well, we're not doing too bad with uh, provincial representation anyway. Tom Daly, Ed, of course, Ed Byrne, um, yeah. Sean, of course, we all know about. Um. And Brian Byrne has gone over to Bristol as well. But yeah, it's great for Charlie, I suppose, to have that Carlo, other Carlo player there. And Tom, like you said, Tom Daly's been through that. He came through the club system mm. um, into the Leinster Academy and went west. 
um, and got his game time and he's having a savage season over there. So um, yeah, He's after having a fantastic season in fairness yeah. to him. I do be talking to him back and forth a, a bit there. Like, and he, he really has had a fantastic season this season and I felt like I only texted him last week to say if any season was your season it's definitely this season so hopefully he gets an Irish a tour and three days later he was announced into the Irish squad so I'm delighted for him um, he worked really hard he's a very good player and Thomas is very honest nice decent fella as well like you know he never he's never too far away if you give him a phone call to come down to do something with the chaps or even there during lockdown I asked him would he do a, a challenge for a COVID challenge we done and he done kicking into a bin he didn't score too good now but uh, he done the challenge anyway. Nevertheless, he got two out of six. <laughs> Whoops! But yeah, no, it, it, I'm delighted for him. And, and Brian and Ed Burner are getting on very well at the moment. I suppose Brian made the, the move to Bristol, and it seems to be working out for him. And Ed is flying it in Leinster, so. Oh, good. And two Carlo men on yeah. that, like I said, on Andy Farrell's Irish team for those two summer tests. So, how bad? Um, I see Sean. Should we might as well talk about him over here as well? I see Sean. Um, he's be shame not to. Yeah, be shame not to. Um, Sean is over. I think he's in Jersey, or maybe it was an old photo. Steve, his brother, put up a thing on Instagram this morning. It's Thursday when we're recording this. Um, Sean with a statue of a lion, and of course the lions are training in Jersey at the moment. So uh, he's sniffing around the camp there somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> man could be anywhere, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, Sean, in fairness to him, he's doing some amount of work with London Irish. I mean, from a coaching point of view, you're just working with the players, you know, just bringing that experience he has from Ireland, Lions, Leinster, and, you know, Sean is decorated as well with his with medals and everything else. Um, but just bringing that experience into London Irish has brought them on a huge amount as well. And like Sean was a leader when he was playing for his province and his country as well. And it's something that, you know, when you, if you get into any of those teams that are building like London Irish, it's worth its weight in gold. Oh, it is, yeah. Sure. And first of he's after stopping right in there, you know. he's It's like he was there all his life. He's, he's, that, he's that high up there, I suppose. But um, no, he, he's, he's great. He's, he's been playing well. He's been managed well. He's getting himself back right. He's probably in probably the best shape he's been in a long time, I suppose, at the moment. He's moving well. We're actually brought an under-14 team over to London Irish in February 2020. So, yeah, it would have been just before the lockdown we were over. Um, Sean was actually meant to feature in that game, but didn't. Wasn't ready to go back. So he gave us a tour around London Irish Club and we played the under-14s. And he was just walking us around and showing us stuff and talking through the culture they're building. And London Irish definitely needs someone like Sean, you know, to a worker to get in and, with experience and with leadership skills and drive it on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Declan Kidney was uh, clever, I suppose, recruiting Sean from a number of different point of views, but that's, you know, regardless of what Sean can do on a pitch, like you just said, it's all that other stuff. It's building that culture. Mm. You know, London Irish have recruited well. They brought in some Irish players, the Paddy Jacksons of the world and that as well, just trying to get, you know, Paddy has loads of experience. He's represented Ireland. He played for mm. Ulster. He's been to France and all that as well. Trying to get that good core built up in there and work out from there as well. So, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. He seems to be enjoying the old London life as well, by the looks of it, anyway. Oh, oh, <laughs> he, uh, once he's not on the farm, he's loving it, you know. Yeah. I see he has swimming pools there in the, in the apartment and oh, oh, yeah. he's loving himself. Yeah, sure. He's dead right, I suppose. Perhaps it has to be done as well. Um yeah, so that's, I suppose, um, Sean and a couple of the Carlo players and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
so at the moment out there, Johnny, it's sort of all underage blitzes and all that sort of stuff. Is that stuff allowed to continue, I suppose? Yeah, non-contact is allowed to continue. So um, we're playing touch games at the moment and oh, there's saying, 12 yeah. players per team. So only six are allowed on. So six start the game and you have six subs. So we're doing that at the moment. It's all non-contact. So it's all... Well, contact is actually permitted to go back, but the rugby season insurance has stopped. So we had to get a separate insurance um, for the touch just so I don't go hurt, heaven forbid. Um, but it's going well. Uh, kids are interested. Um, the the enjoyment is there. The fun element is there. So it's all about building that back, I suppose, before we hit the ground running in August. And they don't like their coaches again because they're being made running and uh, lots of contact and stuff. So <laughs> we, we'll build them up high before we have to knock them down, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, and any more uh, building work going on out there? You, you've got a lot of the stuff done there um, as it yeah, is. Yeah, not really at the minute. Um, just tidy up, I suppose, the car park, get the, get the two grass pitches ready to go. Uh, I think there's still a small bit of work to be done with them, maybe sanding and a few bits of drainage maybe to tighten up on. But everything out there is, is falling into place. Um, COVID knocked it back a bit the last time because we were getting the clubhouse painted up and we got the, the wall done by Paul Byrne there. Seeing that, so, it's a mural for yeah. people that don't know. It's lovely. Yeah, it's great now. It, it, it is lovely and it's, it's a credit to him. And Alex O'Brien was the driving force behind that. So um, it looks really well now when you drive in the gate. The new entrance, I suppose, as well is a big thing to mention for anyone who hasn't been up to Tullow in a long time. You have to turn uh, right if you're coming from Tullow an awful lot quicker. Than you right. used to. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, we changed the entrance there. It was just a bit tight for neighbours down the laneway, I suppose, coming out on a Sunday morning with minis and that, like, you know. So we moved the entrance back to where it originally was. So about 100, ah, I'd say about 100 feet to the left of where it originally was. So it's um, it's well it's well marked out anyway. You, you won't miss it, but just be prepared to turn earlier a little bit quicker. Yeah, you get caught when you're coming out from Tullow. Yeah, you go go by it and like, oops. (laughs) Um, Admire the pitch in your right-hand side as you're driving to Ratho then, is what you do. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I know that's great that all that work has gone on out there and the timing, I suppose, worked for it as well. Um, Johnny, yourself, I suppose, um, from a rugby point of view, I suppose we might as well speak a bit about Leinster. Overall, an OK season, a Pro 14 in the bag. Uh, Champions Cup semi-final weren't expecting to lose to La Rochelle but so be it um, it wasn't the worst season I suppose in terms of Leinster's development they're they're capable of a Champions Cup but just struggling to push on that bit further the last couple of years yeah I suppose they're in a building process too aren't they there's lots of young lads trying to get blooded in as they say and they're giving lots of young lads opportunities like Tim Corkery from Kilkenny got a cap. I think he's two caps now is it he does, yeah. Two stars for Leinster, yeah. Um, like Martin Maloney from Atai, all them young lads are getting game time. So it's great to see that um, young lads are getting the chance, I suppose, in high-profile games. But, yeah, not not the ideal season. La Rochelle kind of bullied them, I suppose, for all the world. But if you look at history, I suppose, every French team will bully you. That's so, yeah. <laughs> you know, we either adapt or perish, I suppose, and we keep see, keep seeming to be the rock we perish on is getting bullied by French teams, but one day we might get there, I suppose. 
Absolutely. It's all, I suppose, building nicely towards it. You know, they've retained a lot of their players this year, of course. And like you said, the academy is just pumping out lads to bait the band. As I keep oh. saying to Chris Pym on the podcast, we're tripping up over back rows. You know, it's like you're in a factory with a <laughs> conveyor belt and they're just filling up the pile in front of you and you don't know what to do with them. And and the, the best thing about it is that they're all good. Oh, they're, all, they're all savage. Yeah, no, they're, it's, all, it's, they're all international standard, I suppose. But yeah. look, it's all probably a building process to 2023 World Cup, I suppose. And I review Andy Farrell have a few bits to say and likes Leinster, Munster, Unster and Connacht to see what way lads are going. Interesting to see Andy Farrell mentioning Simon, Simon Zebo. Um, yeah, he wasn't too committal when he mentioned him now. He, he acknowledged that he's back, but he did also sort of say... Go ahead. Yeah, he's been watching his games and stuff, so yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, more competition. Yeah, I suppose it'll push like Hugo Keenan on, I suppose. Will Addison being uh, added back into the squad as well after, I suppose, 12 to 16 months of injury has been uh, unfortunate for him because he's a very good player too, you know, so. Yeah, Jordan Larmer um, didn't have a great season last season, but he no. played okay for Leinster last week. Um Against the Dragons, he's kind of a confidence player. I think if things are yeah. going well for the team, he's weak. He'll go well if they're not. He'll go hiding. Maybe I don't know. It's it's that's, that's the it. the vibe you get offered, you know. Yeah, there's a good few like decent wingers. Like Jacob Stockdale is still a decent winger. You know, he didn't he didn't go bad overnight. I know there was issues defensively and all that sort of criticism, but he's quite a good mm. player to create something out of nothing and and finish the ball as mm. well. Keith Earls is going to be oh, fighting for, sure. for a place on the wing as well. So Simon will yeah. have his work cut out to get a bit of form with Munster to click back in and then push on from there. Yeah, but it's it's good for Munster, I suppose, too, that the, getting lads like Simon back, you know, because they haven't been where they probably should have been for the last number of years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at all building, too, I suppose. and They have a couple of young lads in there now as well, and Gavin Coombs, Joy Carberry, these lads, will, they'll he's, offer something in the next couple of years, I suppose. He will. Coombs is some player. Yeah, he's, he's very good he's now, in fairness. Yeah. He is very good. Very good. Looking forward to seeing him now playing for Ireland now during mm. the summer. See how he gets on. Um, mm. Are you going to watch the Lions, Johnny? Yeah, it's it's actually funny. Um, I was meant to be in South Africa for the Lions tour oh, with no. the Kenny College. <laughs> there, were, there were talks of going over and I was going to see him get on it and go over to it. But uh, I'll have to watch it from my sitting room now, I suppose. Oh, man. Put a little picture of Cape Town in the background, maybe. Yeah, I have a little cry every evening. I should, I should be sitting out there. Um, no, it's fantastic. Uh, Chris Pym did it in 2009. He went on the tour. The family went for a holiday and he said it was nothing like it. Um, it was one yeah. of the best tours I, I can remember. I wasn't on it, but just from watching it on the TV, it was the one I was most engrossed in. Um, yeah. They're all pretty good, but that one sort of drew my attention. Um yeah, I think I think any tour like that is very good. You know, it'd be very good to be on or be at rather for like me and you anyway. We we wouldn't be on it. <laughs> We'd be at it, I suppose. <laughs> be at it, having a look, enjoying ourselves. Yeah. No, it's great. There's plenty of rugby to look forward to. Actually, I get your opinions as well. Speaking about South Africa, the United Rugby Championship. Basically, the Pro oh, Fourteen yeah. is in the bin, and um, we've a new uh, competition now with the addition of South African teams. Um, we need a physical presence and physical teams. We know the French are physical, but the South Africans are a different kettle of fish. It's yeah. a good thing, I think, to bring into the Pro 14 and sort of shake us up a small bit. 
It is. It, it'll drive competition, I suppose. It'll make provincial teams that little bit uh, more open, I suppose, to what's coming for internationals. Like if you're you're going to South Africa, you play them once every so often. But if you're playing South African teams every year, you can know what to expect, you know. So it opens up. I think it's good. I think it's good yeah. for rugby. I'm just laughing because in 2011, I was at the last Magners League final in Thomond Park. Here we are 10 years later calling it the United Rugby Championship. Is, it, is that what's called now? Yeah. I was just thinking about <laughs> yeah. that, Johnny. I held the Celtic Cup um, and I was there for the final in 2009, was it? Was it the year they won the champ? No, I didn't do the double that year. 2008, Leinster won it. Ollie LaRue was playing for Leinster that time and yeah. Bernard Jackman and all those um, and it was yeah. at that final but I, and I got to hold a cup in the Seven Oaks the old Celtic <laughs> League trophy yeah. that's what it was called yeah. and uh, I was just thinking like you said wow it says that you've had a Pro 12 since Pro 14 and now yeah here we are a couple of years later calling it the United Rugby Cup is it or Championship it's, it's developing all the time yeah <laughs> but it's only getting better I suppose too you know Absolutely. I was in Tormund in 2011 when Munster pipped us after the, the week after the Heineken Cup final. Uh, I was there myself and I was over in Cardiff too I was for down, that final. I was down in the streets of Limerick <laughs> selling Sean O'Brien t-shirts. Were you? Oh, the number seven one, <laughs> the blue and yellow ones. I have one. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of them. I remember I remember being at the back gate and George Hook asking me, who's Sean O'Brien? Oh, come on. As I handed him the t-shirts, you know, and drove off with himself anyway. Yeah, David course, Wallace actually bought one off me that day. Good man, David. Yeah. Happy days. Another Munster macro legend. I'd say it was used in the warm-up maybe for drying his sweat or something. Yeah, I'm mopping up something <laughs> off the ground at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was great memories, weren't it? 2011 Heineken Cup final was something else. That week, I suppose, that winning that and then the trip to Limerick then for the final that Leinster lost, of course. But it was all good crack anyway. And sure, Tullow mm. were there in abundance anyway. There was buses. Oh, sure, I think there was... I think there was three or four buses in, in the Heineken Cup final. I think there was three or four in Limerick as well. You know how I know? Because they drove behind them the whole way to Cardiff. <laughs> Find your way. Yeah. Try, try, stay with the Tullow bus. That's where, yeah, we'll just follow them. Never yeah, mind if you the get lost, you'll still have the crack. Yeah, 100%. I know yeah. it's great. No, it's great uh, catching up with you, Johnny. It's been it's been a while, of course, with COVID closing down a lot of stuff. Uh, rugby sort of took a back seat and everything, but uh, it's great to hear the Tullo's doing well uh, out there in terms of your developments and everything, and, and that the team, like you said, confidently are aiming for promotion, but going back in to the Leinster League with that confidence as well. So it's good to hear, and we look forward to when things return in a couple of months. It's great catching up with you as well. Yeah, it's good, good to chat to you, Steve. Uh, maybe we might get Blanchfield on for a little debate one day. We will. No better See crack. how we go on. Exactly. We get, get our local clubs on and pitches against each other off the pitch. Brilliant. Blanche will win the argument. He's very good at debate now, in fairness to him. He's a good speaker, in fairness to him. <laughs> He's a good man. He's a good man. That was Tuller Rugby Club member Johnny Tobin. I'm Stephen Byrne and that's it from the Knock on Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby. And of course, if you're into GAA, we've got the Cash Act, we've got all things MMA and lots more. Talk to you soon.